Hey everybody, I know you've probably missed the ads, but I've been on the road, so I honestly forgot my ad paper. But we're back for episode number 19. Craigcast is brought to you by New Roast. New Roast makes coffee shop quality coffee and whole food coffee creamers enhanced with the ancient superfood mushrooms. Yes, mushrooms, for better focus, energy, and well-being. Each mushroom in New Roast's organic mushroom blend has a unique health benefit, like lion's manes for better focus, cordyceps for long-lasting energy, and chaga for antioxidants and skin health. The best part, you won't taste the mushrooms at all. Just a bold cup of coffee with notes of chocolate and cinnamon. Try Mushroom Coffee today and get 20% off your order at newroast.com with code CRAIGCAST at the checkout. New Roast as always, offers a 100% money-back guarantee if you aren't totally satisfied. My second sponsor, who was just a great guy, and he actually donated a chair last night to uh, Chamber of Commerce, so if you're looking for a quality chair, get in touch with Rondak. Rondak Chairs and Furniture, handcrafted with you in mind. If you're sick of buying plastic chairs, consider a folding Rondak chair. Made of cedar with a beautiful glossy finish. Or maybe it's time to consider a custom piece of furniture made specifically for you. If you'd like to see some of Rondak's work, check him out on Facebook at Rondak Chairs and Furniture or on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Rondak. We want to make you something you'll love forever. Hashtag gotta get a Rondak. And the coolest part of the Rondaks is they are honestly a folding Adirondack chair. So you don't have to deal with them taking up a ton of space or getting rained on in the winter or snowed on. Fold it up, put it in your garage, and I don't know the scientific measurement, but I would say it probably takes up about a fourth of the area that a traditional Adirondack chair would. No tax. Your taxes simplified. No tax utilizes the best cloud-based tax software in the industry developed by Intuit. Now, tax can be done completely remotely, or you can do business the old-fashioned way, in person. And a new service that no tax is rolling out is a great QuickBooks self-employed service. And I use this for the farm business, and it is awesome. I go on my phone, I take a picture of the receipt, it itemizes the receipt for me, and then I just choose how I want it to be applied when I do my taxes. For example, you can choose gas, you could choose structures, you can choose farm feed, Pretty much whatever your business is, there's a good chance that no tax has a solution for you to make it easier, more streamlined, and to give you more time to do what you want to do. Run your dang business. This podcast, known as Craigcast, is also brought to you by SIP. Simply put, it's social food made fresh. SIP puts an emphasis on fresh and locally sourced ingredients, and I'm, I'm going to say it, they have the best tap list in the area. Lately, they've been having Oyster Fridays, and a lot of people have enjoyed that. And I am actually going to check the specials live right now. Ooh. Yep. We got dollar oysters. We got crab spring rolls. We got miso mussels. And you know I love some pork with that pork chili verde. So, check out SIP at SIP Plattsburgh on social media or in person at 14 Margaret Street. Now, if you're interested in advertising on Craigcast, send me an email at craigcastpodcast at gmail.com or just send me a message on social media. 
you know how to get at me. And I hope you enjoy episode number 19 of Craigcast. And we are live for episode 19 of Craigcast. Right now I'm here with Woods, and he is the CEO of Madhouse Ciphers. Yes, sir. Woods, how you doing today, man? I'm good, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. So before we get into how you got here, give us a little rundown of what Madhouse Ciphers is and where it's based out of, that sort of thing. Okay, uh, <clears throat> Madhouse Ciphers is... Basically, it was started, my friend Trevor started it. He uh, <clears throat> started out of Malone. He really couldn't You're good. He really couldn't uh, keep up with it as much as he wanted to. <clears throat> so uh, I brought it from him, and I took it back in December. So he had it going off since like 2017 yeah. for about a year now. So I took it from him. You know, he, uh, he told me. I need somebody that's going to be... So you get back like a, a fist away. It's okay. like perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. He told me he needed somebody that's going to be more into the game than he was. Mm-hmm. So I took it from him. I got a couple of people that I knew was going to be with it. And uh, basically, it's based out of Lake Placid now. But I'm trying to expand. Yeah. Like I told you before, I'm trying to expand to like Albany. I got Watertown. A couple of dudes in Watertown running it. Uh, Utica Rome. I got my boy Dave out there doing that. So uh, it's basically in New York right now, but I'm trying to get it yeah. branch out of upstate New York to more city and more urban areas, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're gonna go take me back to the beginning. So where where were you born? And we'll just we'll start there. Well, I'm from New York, but people don't know I was born in Miami, Florida. Nobody would never know that. Like, yeah, you didn't even know that, did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, you knew that. So. <laughs> okay, you did, you did. Um, I was born in Miami. I came up here when I was one years old. Uh, my father was doing things he wasn't supposed to. My mother wasn't having it. I uh, moved to New York City in, two, in 1983. Uh, been living in Harlem majority of my life. You know, I started playing ball at a young age. You know, got into a little trouble, but ball got me out of that. <clears throat> Basically, uh, you know, Harlem was just was it for me. You know, New York City is 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 where I'm from, and 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 I get that. That urban and that rap vibe every time, you know, I hear people talk about Harlem and stuff. And, you know, that's where I'm from. I'm from New York City, so. And what kind of trouble did you get in when you were there? Oh, man, a whole bunch of dumb knucklehead stuff that little kids do, you know, throwing eggs at the Chinese guys and, you know, uh, punching girls in the butt. Saying they got fat ass, can I curse? Yeah, yeah. Saying they got got fat asses and shit, you know, shit like that. Like just doing doing nonchalant kid kid things that'll get you in trouble in the city, you know. And yeah, I did get caught up doing uh doing things I wasn't supposed to. I'm not gonna talk about it, but I did a little little stint and I came out and I was you know that was it for me. Clean my shit right up. Started getting more into basketball. Went to Catholic school, Rice High School in Harlem. Uh, Started playing ball. Got my shit together for real, like. You know, and that's when I got my. That's when I got it right. So, so you think ball sort of helped you get out of that mindset and sort of into a more positive? Oh, for sure, for sure. If it wasn't for basketball, man, I don't know. I don't know what I would have been doing. I probably would have been in more trouble than I got into personally. Yeah. But um, basketball was definitely the legway out of New York City for me. You know, so yeah. and trouble. So I was playing a lot of ball and it's kept me focused on not doing stupid shit. Yeah. And I loved it. Every time I started playing, I was getting more better every day and started 
breaking dudes' ankles. You know, I'm like, oh, I really could do this. You know, a little 5'9", skinny dude, you know, but yeah. I made my way, you know. I got a little scholarship and all that. So, you know, the basketball was definitely my way out of doing stupid shit again. Yeah. So, And was it just you and your brothers and sisters growing up? I got an older brother. He's uh, he's a lawyer. He, um, Me and him, we're on good terms, but he's just like he's on a different level as far as like what he wants to do with his life. He respect me for what I'm doing, but we on two different levels. I have a younger brother named Prince. He uh he's two years younger than me. He's in the game like me. But he's stuck more in New York City. He's the type he just wants to stay down there. He know what's good is good. So Yeah. I try to get him up here to get him more exposed to different things, but he's he's city minded, you know, so And do you think like the city mind, like do you think you do you do you worry about your brother staying in that sort of mindset, or is it you know because there's there's a lot of opportunity in the city, but there's also of a course. lot of slippery slopes that you can go down. So how do you sort of deal with that? I mean, he a grown man. I try to tell him, you know, I think you should expand your horizons. Come out, come up here in New York State. Come come upstate. You know what I'm saying? Like come see what's there to offer. There's there's more than New York City, and I think he just has this. Um, just this mentality of, you know, this is where I'm from, you know, a sense of pride of, yeah. you know, you do your thing, I'm going to do mine, you know. So I tell Flubs every day, you could, you could bring a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink, you yeah, know. Like, nice. you could tell him what do you want, but he's going to do what he want regardless. So I, he, I, he came up here, he's seen it. He think it's nice and tranquil and quiet, and it's just not for him. Yeah. You know, so I got a kid. I got a nine-year-old daughter, so it's like. I got I got stuff I got to do for my daughter, and I don't want to raise her in no in the city, you know, where I was raised. I don't, if I got if I got an opportunity to do better for her, by her, then I'm gonna do that, and this is what I'm doing up here, you know. It's like, yeah, man, I think I think that's really the American dream. Like everybody's dream is all you want is for your kid to do a little bit better or way better than you, of course. And you want to give them opportunities that you might not have had. And how did you how did you end up? end up in upstate new york like in because you're out of lake placid right that's a good good drive from the city yeah so in 2006 i went to a it's a basketball tournament in new york city had in the garden Madison square garden it was big apple sports and there was a whole bunch of juco colleges coming down to see you know the talent in new york city so i went there my my coach there paid for it so i went there and a couple of coaches looked at me and one of the coaches was child to do from north country and um we just kept in contact. He was hitting me up after that. Couple months, you know, he brought me up to Saranac Lake, North Country, to the campus. Gave me a shirt. He was like, oh, man, you know, they'll sell you a dream if they want you to go to school. He's like, oh, you got here? He actually lied to me. I'll tell you a quick story. He told me there was a barbershop up here. There ain't no barbershops. There's no barbershops barber up in the North Country for a guy from New York City. Let me tell you that. I, yeah. So he, he told me, you know, yeah, you can come up here. There's a barbershop. You get your razor. You know, I'm used to getting the Dominicans doing my shit, you know, I'm with the only, straight blades. Until I came to Plattsburgh, I had Dominicans my entire life right. in my hair. And, and they, they, well, they had beards when they were like four, so they know how to do a nice beard <laughs> line. They know how to get everything yeah. perfect, man. <laughs> they get it right, too, you yeah. know. So he, he sold me a story, and. You know, I, I believed him because I was putting everything into him. But, yeah. you know, and come to find out, there's nothing but military people doing cuts up here. You know, Blackberg Barbershop, though, they actually do a straight razor. It's a it's Really? A, I never, I don't want to sound sexist. I never thought a female would be able to get a It's a, a female doing it, too? Yeah, man, because I've tried, I've tried, I've been up here since 2010. I've probably tried a good amount of the barbers in town. And they're the only ones who do, like, a legit straight razor. And it's not, it's. 
she ain't Dominican. Really? But she ain't Dominican, she but get she get the line yeah. straight and all that. Okay. It's I might tough. have to check that out. I'm a little sketchy about a chick touching my face with a blade, though. But yeah. <laughs> that's a little scary. Or, so did you have, when you were growing up, like a positive role model that helped you sort of see that path to what you wanted to do? Was it a coach? Was it just you wanted to be better at ball? There was one man in my life, and it was this dude, his guy, R.I.P., Orlando Goba. This dude was the principal of Rice High School, Catholic school. The best Catholic school, the best thing that ever happened to me was going to that school. <clears throat> I had no father. So me going there for nine year for four years rather, um, was real good. It was it Mr. Goba was a Black Panther. He uh coming up in Harlem, he it's all about, you know, empowering young black men. And he was one of the guys to do so. And me not having a father, he would always be in my head like, stay in school, don't don't be out in the streets. You know, he gave me a reason not to be out in the streets by playing ball. And, mm-hmm. you know, he really got me in the college. I, I wouldn't have went to college if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Like, he kept me in school. He kept me focused. I was, like I said, I was getting in trouble, doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing in the streets. But he really, like, he really kept me focused. And I, and I thank God for him. You know, he passed away through uh, diabetes like 12 years ago. But was the best thing that ever happened to me. Serious. And when you were growing up, was... Was, like, Black Panthers, was there still active members, or did he used to do it a lot when he was younger? Yeah, I never I, I never was around it, but he was into the movement crazy. And him bringing, like, him being the principal of the school, and my school was predominantly African-American and Spanish, he would bring that presence into school. So, you know, he would we would come in there, he was like, my brothers. It wasn't, you know, people called it a cult, but he was more, like, empowering the black community. So when, when I leave school, I, I felt like, like I'm I'm doing something with myself, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm and I went back to the streets, but when I'm in school, I feel like I'm doing something, you know. And and he was basically just trying to be a teacher, more of a yeah of a teacher, yeah. Because I feel like from the outside looking in, you would think that the Black Panthers wasn't a positive thing, but if you really dissect it, it seems like they just sort of want to do empower young black men and sort of help them choose a right path, right. So that's that's awesome that you had that sort of influence in your life when you were younger. Yep, and it, and it kind of like molded me to be into the father I am today. You know, like my baby, mo- my daughter's mother, and I'm not going to say baby mother. There's a big difference between baby mother and the mother of your child. The mother of my child is white, and um, you know, I talked, to, I, we spoke about my upbringings, and she's cool with how I want to raise my daughter. Yeah, and um, you know, and I, I thank God for her for at least on that case. You know, just coming to grounds with me on that but you know just being just the whole black panther movement thing i really wasn't aware of i wasn't a part of but i thank god that he was in my life with that to motivate me to get where i'm at today and then so after that so you play you go to college you play basketball and then what's what's the path after there that leads you to lake placid um basically i had my daughter when i left when i went to school my daughter's mother got pregnant my daughter's mother got pregnant, um, and I left school, actually, to, to be a father, and she's from Lake Placid, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I one day, hopefully, I will finish school, but, you know, daddy duty calls, and yeah. so that's what got me back to Lake Placid, and I was trying to build from there. I've been, been back to Lake Placid from school since graduated, um, t- 2009, so about 10 years. 
back in plastic is solid. Yeah. So. And how do you feel like I? I assume Lake Plaza is like majority Caucasian. Like, how do you like? Do you feel welcome in the community? Is it like how does that? You can tell me the truth too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling Flubs, you know, my, I got my guy Flubs here, um, and my dude Tone. Um, I was telling these guys the other day, uh, Lake Placid is starting to be more of a a diverse town now. I'm gonna keep it real with you, Matt. There's been a couple of times I had a couple of instances where, you know, I've been called the wrong word. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna be mad at it was kids. Yeah. So I'm not gonna be mad at the kids. I know where that comes from. You know, it's how you raise. Yeah. Um, sometimes you know you hear it. I hear it and I brush it off, you know, because and then I, I tend not to look at it like that because I look past people mm-hmm. who are ignorant like that, especially young people who don't know better. You know, now, if it was more of the adults, which hasn't happened as much to me, then I might feel a certain way. But I know with the young kids and they, it's just it's taught. It's not you're yeah, not born with that. It's taught. make stupid kids. So, it's yeah, not, it's not their fault. Exactly. I mean, and that's why I think it's important that, you know, we because I I mean, I grew up my high school was. It was probably about fifty percent Hispanic Latino, okay, and about fifty percent white, and probably forty forty, and then twenty percent of other different races. So i I grew up in like a pretty ethnically diverse area, and right. I think like Plattsburgh was a little different for me because most most people in Plattsburgh are Caucasian. So it's I think it's important to like just. It doesn't matter what color someone's skin is. It just matters, like, if you like hanging out with them and what their character is. Right. So, I wish you could speak that louder to some of these people, man. Yeah. Because I mean, <clears> they don't, they don't, some people up here don't get it. Now, Lake Placid is more of a diverse town because of the Olympics. You got a yeah. whole bunch of people coming in. So when I first come up here, I thought, oh, okay, it's going to be, yeah, the Olympics here, all kind of flavors is going to be up in here, you know? But you still got that, that 2% that just, don't yeah, who are you? You know, like what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, like, like oh come on, my dude, I'm, I'm just like you. We bleed the same, you know. Like come on, baby. Yeah. But you know, you, they. I feel like sometimes people want to get you out of character. They want you to be that person that they they perceive you to be. And I'm not going to be that guy to, you know, I don't do that. I got I, I got other things to worry about. I'm more mature than that. And I, like I said, I just look past that. You know, I look. All past the racism, which we all should do as a community. We should all look past racism. We all bleed the same. We got the same thing going on. We just different shades. It's 2019. Yeah. Grow up. 2019, right? Tell them grow up. Grow up. Come on. It's 2019. How old are you? Come on. For real, though. Yeah, I think it, I think it's important to think like that because you want to, like, you just want to judge someone based on their character, be you don't even want to judge anybody. You just want to, like, everybody gets, everybody starts at zero. Of course. If they're cool to you, they move towards 100. If they fuck you over, they move towards negative 100. Yep. So it's, it it's one way or the other, like yeah, you said. Exactly. For real. So what, what's the master plan with, like, Madhouse? What, if five years from now, if you look forward and you're like, wow, everything worked out perfectly, where would it be? Um, I'm trying to get it to where, Madhouse is more than just New York right now. Um, Tone, you want to talk about this? Can I put Tone? Yeah, yeah, you can put the mic Tone, over there. Tone, Tone knows more of, of what I'm trying to do as far as... Yo, Tone Malone. How's everybody doing, man? Um, so, Madhouse. so Madhouse Cyphers. Woods took over Madhouse Cyphers. I just kind of been supporting them from, you know, 
from from my standpoint, which is just as an artist, and give him a little feedback here and there. Um, and my input comes from a from a friend, you know, and from a fellow artist. Uh, but um, when we first when we first started talking about Madhouse, we always wanted to branch out and make it uh, accessible for more people, so that more people would become aware of Madhouse. Right. So just grow through, grow through networking and having different areas like uh, control. Set up people in different areas to have to grow the brand from their area, right? Yeah, and have <clears throat> like almost like a franchise, like the franchise for yeah, you Syracuse know. or or New York City, hopefully. Uh, um, New Jersey, Jersey, Houston, the major major cities, so that it's a big. But I would, I would like if you know if five years, yeah, five years from now, I would like first for Madhouse Ciphers to be uh, a bigger cipher series, as far as nationwide like recognized cipher series. But um, for us. For myself, I would like I would like to to use Madhouse ciphers in order to propel myself into a higher stature in the in the rap game. So explain explain a cipher. Some people don't know what cipher that is. is is a cipher is a group of individuals, um, basically standing around rapping or singing or whatever. You know, you could be. Um, Busting jokes, I guess, right. is being a cipher, but, but speaking rap terms, a cipher is uh, MCs going one at a time um, and and rapping their verse collectively. Or, or, or collectively, yeah. Whether see, see, there's different people. There's acapella ciphers where there's no beats involved whatsoever. It's just everybody just spits an acapella verse, and then everybody, and then. You could just keep going around for however long you guys want to rap for. Yeah, and that's but the cipher and the what we're talking about is is uh, one beat and uh, showcases the the MCs by letting them spit sixteen bars. Yeah, onto the beat each each every, each MC on the same beat. And is when you guys <clears throat> do the ciphers, is it is it live freestyle off the dome? Does people know what they're gonna say before? What is that like? Yeah, so, um, like Woods will get a beat from one of his producers or something like that, and organize the cipher, and then put whoever whoever's gonna be on that beat will get that beat in through an email, and uh, right. right. And then write your 16 bars, mm-hmm. record your 16 bars through whatever recording outlet you have available to you, and then submit it via email back to Madhouse Ciphers. And then... We edit it, and we send, we edit it, mix it, send it, do all kinds of stuff we need to do to get it prepared, to get mastered, and the ball start rolling. So what's that? What's that process like? Like, do you are you the audio tech? Do you have somebody who puts together the tracks? How does that whole part of the process work? Well, I do it now, but uh, my dude, my guy Flubs next to me, he started. He does some of the audio and mixing and mastering and stuff. So I can let him yeah, yeah. do a little bit of explaining. So 
basically what they do for the Madhouse Cyphers is like, um, they kind of just like, they kind of just take the raw vocals, and like Tom said, he sent it via email, and we kind of just break it down, and we got to make sure that's completely raw vocals. No effects. no effects, nothing when you send it. Otherwise, it will never sound right. Yeah, it's hard to edit an already edited verse. You know what yeah. I mean? So once you send the raw vocals, basically we just break it down. Uh, take your sixteen, put it exactly where the beat would go and where you would rap clearly, and then we would just take it and just make your voice add a little echoes if needed, compression, EQ it of course, and uh, and that's basically it. It's just just a process of. Search and destroy, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so how long would it take you to get from, let's say, four four sixteen bars to one song? Like, how long is that editing process? I mean, it also depends on people's voices because everybody's voice is different. Right. So some voices are super easy big to That's a big super easy to mix, and some are like wow nightmares. Yeah. So if you got like someone who's like who kind of like mumbles a little bit in some parts. And it's hard to, like, bring that up and make it sound clear so people can understand it. <laughs> Stuff like that. Little things like that. It, it just it just basically depends on how clear and the voice of the artist. But, um, like, you can get one done within minutes or hours. You know what I mean? It, it depends. It definitely depends. Like, yeah. I, I, I've we've all edited to the point of, like, five, six different versions of whatever song or cypher we're mixing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Like, I can't even... I got on my phone demos of songs, like, lists of them that we never even... Never even... Never even... Never even finished. Yeah. Just craziness. Craziness. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just the process, I guess. Yeah, because we were talking at breakfast the other day about, like, the mumble rap and how how sad we are that that came out. Because I I think, like, I I stopped listening to any current hip-hop when... Lil Wayne released Lollipop. Yeah, you did say <laughs> like, that. You did hey, you say can't that. Do I haven't listened to a single... I can't do that, though. I like, <clears throat> I grew up in, like, a weird... I'm 23, so I, I remember when lyricism was, like, the thing. That's why I started rapping, because lyricism was the thing. Yeah. And, like... And then, I, and then, like, in my teenagers, I started... Teenage years, I started to see it. Like, the whole culture shift into... And to mumble rap, mumble rap or yeah, just like simplicity. Like, you listen to a little pump song, it's got 15 words in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to listen to Lloyd Banks' Rotten Apple. Rotten Apple. That was, that's like my favorite album of all time. Classics. And like, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me how different rap has changed. Like, you listen to Survival Boy Lloyd Banks, he tells a story in each verse. You listen to. A little Yachty song. You don't know what the hell he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like, but people just go nowadays. Raps change. It's, it's not really about lyricism anymore. It's more of sound and melodies and how you say things and production. Production yeah. saves these rappers ninety percent of the time. It's, you know what I mean? So it seems like it's all about like a hot beat that people can remember and something something super simple. Microwave, microwave music. <laughs> 
quickly made. Quickly made. Quickly Tell them what we're making, though. We make that gourmet, gourmet over yeah. here, though. Gourmet. Underrated. Gourmet, Seriously. Baby. You got to cook it up. It takes a while to make it, but it comes it's out better. better. That's what they exactly. do. That's what they do. I see You see the new... I see process of rappers are just going to the studio for like 10 minutes and they got a song. And it's like... They had, they had no effort. Gone. It just nonchalant. Okay, let's have my producer, who's better than the fucking rapper, exactly. put it together. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And like, it's just... It's just <laughs> The game's changed, man, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. What you got to say, Tom? That's the type of rapper I am. I don't want to be in the studio more than 10 minutes, man. You write yourself. You write it, though. You write it. You yeah, write I know. It. I end up being longer. Even though I write my shit, I still got to stay in the studio for a little bit longer. <laughs> You're but, <clears throat> in all actuality, I only want to be there for about 10 minutes, and I want to go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I've never been in the. This yeah, is the know only what, studio I, I was go gonna in. say about like the lollipop situation and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the down south, uh, the down south influence on hip hop. All right, so what I'm 35. Who do you blame? Well, I can't. I mean, is it ATL's fault? Nah, it's Houston's fault. <laughs> it's Houston's fault because, like, I, I'll tell you something right now. It's Houston's fault. Because they made it cool to be, be uh, on be drugs. Yeah, exactly. So, so since <laughs> since they made it cool to be on leans, it's okay to be high. It's okay to be fucked up off something other than weed or alcohol, which is traditional hip hop drugs. Now, um, they start mixing the the lean. Now it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. The pills. That's the whole music change, culture change when the drugs change. And the drugs change from selling cocaine, not doing, really doing. We don't do cocaine. My area, we don't do cocaine. We sell cocaine. And the new era, they don't they don't really do none of that shit. Right. They, 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 right. they, they fuck around with other kind of pills and shit like that. And that's the new hustle. That's the new way. I drink all that soda. Yeah. I'm thir- <laughs> I, I said I wasn't going to drink whiskey in me. I was going to drink that soda. <clears throat> but but that's that's how. Okay, so it, and Lil Wayne is number one lean motherfucking drinking machine. Because I remember so, like the Carter so, Three back when he was a lyricist and actually fire he was putting stuff and out. So, yeah. Fire. Wayne saved hip hop at one point. Yeah, but then but then like when he. When when that shit took over, that shit took over hip hop. Oh, for sure. And then it changed hip hop. So the drugs, drugs have always been the influence of the music. If you think all the way back to the '60s, probably, I don't know what the fuck uh, Beethoven was sniffing or smoking <laughs> back then, but he was on some shit too. You know what I mean? Because. <laughs> So, so whatever he was feeling back then. Yo, Beethoven was my grandpa's coke dealer. Ah, he, was sh- he was doing something. Just kidding, Dusty. Just kidding. He was doing. He, he's doing something over there. So, but like the sixties, seventies, eighties, you know, they had the different the the 
that's when the coke was people was doing coke and well, I mean the Beatles coming the Beatles out of follow it. that exactly like if you well, read they were more than a coke they were, they but were, so the drugs so basically sauce. what I'm saying is the drugs dictate the music and so right now the drugs is whack and the music's whack well we too. think 60s was probably smoking marijuana pretty laid back hippie, hippie 70s they like oh acid seems pretty cool yeah. so that music got a little crazy <laughs> for sure 80s was obviously the cocaine era yeah. and then probably i guess 90s was really like defined by grunge so i guess that was grunge and hip-hop and grunge and rock and roll grunge yeah. all around and it was great too because it wasn't like people were fucked up in the 90s but people were coming out of being real 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 fucked up yeah. you know what i mean People either got took them away by the wayside off the drugs, or figured it out that oh we need to go this go way this instead. Way yeah. Instead, but nineties you know, into two thousand, the early two thousand, we saw some shit. Shit changed the whole changed the whole spectrum on music with this new wave of of mumble rappers and. And tight jean wearing and and all this, I, yeah, you shake it, you know, this shit is it's it's, it's a different wave now, yeah. man. Like shit's crazy. Hip hop is crazy. I may be a white boy who lives in Keysville, but I'll shake my head still when I see those <laughs> tight jeans, man. Look, look, look. This is my problem. I'm I'm 35, and like my waistline's 35 too. So, but I don't like you know what I mean. So I don't like. To, but I don't like to wear skinny jeans, so to me, skinny jeans is a problem. But I can't find fucking jeans anywhere I go. It's all slim fit, and I can't rock with that. Yesterday, I could have had some different jeans on today, but they didn't have the. They all had slim fits. Even the style the change. The problem with tones, man. You got to hit up JC Penny. You got to get that fat boy fit. That's, That's what I, I wear. I got these jeans. Right here. <laughs> I, got I got these Levi's <laughs> right here from there. It's craziness, man. So. Where were we? <laughs> right, <laughs> we went. So, we went left with that. Who do you think your your biggest influence musically was growing up? George Strait. I'm a big. No, I'm a big, big L fan, man. Yeah, man. We had to talk. Big L is the legend. Not just because he's from Harlem, or not just because whatever, but he is a legend. If you really listen to Big L. You could hear his he whatever he said, man was it was pure, man. It was pure. He had that street Harlem kind of. He'll tell you a story about his life in two songs, and you just listen to him. It's like, and it was back in you know that's what Jay. I I, I would say I told somebody else Jay Z, but Jay Z really got that kind of style from Big L. You know the whole yeah. fast. You know what I'm saying the whole the whole fast rapping. Oh oh, Jay Z was. You remember that, you know. Yeah. Now it was like like jigger, you know, like but before <laughs> jigger. But yeah, I'm a big Big Al fan. He was like, well, I feel like listening to Big Al was almost like watching a movie. Like you would like you could you you've all lived casualties of a dice game. Like yes, you know exactly exactly what, like, the way he says everything. Like there's, I haven't listened to any hip hop really that has ever like. You can see that in your head when you watch it. You see that movie. You see him like Mad po- Mad Cat's pockets. Right, that. Like, right, right. You know what he was saying, and right. I feel like that's not that's not a thing anymore. Like yeah. it's, it, because my friends, I always say like I I love Jada Kiss, I love Cassidy, yeah. And I'm like, if I'm work, if I'll, every now and then I'll be like, yo, send me something with like a hard beat, like right. something simple, but we're and 
everything sounds like shit that they sent me, so I don't even, like, it's it's crazy. It's like, funny how you say Cassidy, because I feel like Cassidy's one of the underrated, <laughs> go figure, one of the underrated, like, rappers out here, you know, like, because he, he, his, his whole wordplay is different. Yeah. But like you said, the music nowadays, man, it's I feel like it's washed. We always have this talk in the studio. Like we're not making that kind of music. We're gonna do something different. Right. We're not gonna go that way. We're not gonna do what they doing because that's not rocking. Some people nowadays they like that the the mumble rap. I don't see how. I guess it's a new fad and everything that's new nowadays. Everybody want to jump on. Yeah. You know, oh that's popping right now. Okay, let's do that. You know, like it's just it's crazy. Like this blue face dude. I don't know if Bust you heard about him. Bust down Tatiana. He got see his lyrics is trash, but he's he's getting hundred million views on YouTube because that's the new wave. I don't hate it all. I don't hate. I'm just saying this is what the people want to see. That kind of rap, and to me, and I can speak for these everybody in this room. I'm pretty sure for you, that's not rap. That's not hip hop. Yeah. You know, it's all a visual fad nowadays. And when we go in the studio, we just trying to make something that's. Not that, you know, really generic and hopefully people can relate to, you know, like, but that is just all washed up now, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> it's just crazy. I, I don't, you just don't want to sound like somebody else. Like, why? Well, I feel like the key to doing anything you do is really like being true to yourself when you do like, it. It's, it's being organic. It's, yeah. it's being, it's being you, man. Like, like. Yeah, like everyone's got inspirations or you know all that, you know what I mean? But like Well your inspirations are still a part of you, but I feel like it's like this with anything. If you make a product if you're thinking of making something and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna make this so eighteen to twenty four year old people in Lake Placid really like this, it's not gonna be as good of a product as right. you if as if you say, This is what I am doing. Like this right. is the music that I'm recording and if people like it, great. I'd rather have five fans who love my shit than a hundred thousand people who just play it and don't really listen to it. Right. That's that's that's. Hold on. I, I'm I'm a, I want to say something exactly what you just said. As far as like you just said, Lake Placid age range eighteen or whatever. I feel like what we doing up here in Lake Placid, and which is what Tone was trying to say, how we branching out with Madhouse. Like it's all about demographics. You know, rap in Lake Placid is kind of far fetched. You know, so that's why we're trying to like. Outreach to other urban, more city-like areas, and like you said, like not every well, everybody likes our shit in, in Lake Placid, but not everybody. You know, you don't have some people that's going to be like, "Oh, what are they doing? What the that fuck is rap?" You know what I'm saying? Like, and it comes with it comes with the game, you know. And and we just trying to like move past that, and we understand we understand the demographics of rap up here is pretty far fetched, but. Just trying to like make it known that it can be here and it, and it works. It's not always violent. It's not always you know people hear rap up here and they think it's violence, it's guns, it's it's drugs, it's murder. No, it's poetry. Rap is is it's poetry. It's entertainment. It's a visual through words. You know what I'm saying? Like there is no rap scene up here. Right. Like so, in order for a rap scene to 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 even exist or try to exist up here, we have to like branch out to other people I got more of these in the fridge okay. we have to branch out to other people from other places so that we could be noticed at all because our demographics up here are people that are our friends that listen to the music you yeah. know and, and our fans are, are like could be friends that we had from high school or something like that or, or, or other people that we meet that's also doing hip hop 
and it's a lot of support in the hip hop community, like the underground artists hip hop community. And a, a Madhouse Cyphers is, is basically was formed for them for the underground hip hop community. People trying to get a name. Um, people trying to. A lot of people don't have uh, a lot of songs out, so they can't do an album. And uh, the cipher is a good way to not not present a whole lot of work, but put your name out there, your face out there, and and, and some of your work out there, and let right. people pe- let people see who you are, and a little bit of what you're about, and hopefully, you know, I won't. I recommend if you're a new artist, um, trying to get noticed, and um, start a career. That that's where cipher would would be beneficial to you because um, you're gonna get a thousand views more than what you had yesterday. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. So, and you're gonna get your paired up with other artists that will, you know, if you if you network correctly, probably work with you in the future. So whoever's on that cipher with you. Perhaps we'll work with you. So it's a good way to get your 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 name out there. It's a good way to network. I did I did a cipher for Madhouse ciphers. I did a cipher for uh, Grind Mode ciphers. And just off of those, just off of those, I have a few features yeah. um, for some of my songs and for for other people's song. Um, so it's a real good way to network. And uh, I feel like it's a good way to measure yourself too because you all have the same beat you all get 16 bars it's sort of uh it seems like it'd be a good proving ground to like do you do you have what it takes or if are they going to replay your 16 bars or they right. just skip over it because like I, I'm, I'm sure some rappers have been put on for stuff like that i mean all it takes is a hot verse and it's it's more, it's more challenging to do uh a cypher verse i think than a, than a verse for yourself because of that aspect that you just put forth right there. Oh. So does anybody have any beats on their phone and we can get a quick live cipher? Oh. Ho, 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 ho. I don't know if you guys know my history, but... Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, y'all don't even know what Mr. Matt did just now. <laughs> We always come prepared, <laughs> gang. <laughs> so what's the history on this? You gotta let me know, man. What's going on? Like, what do you, what do you do? What do you... So, I don't know. Me and my friends like to freestyle in high school. It's not like like we would. Okay. Only, I had, I had a lot of friends who recycled verses, okay. and right. I never respected that Tommy Brannigan. You always say the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he always he was a good rapper though he's a way better rapper than me right. but everything I did would be like you know I would either pick something in the room or someone would say something to rap about and then we just we just spit some bars and see what happens like it's not it wasn't it wasn't the best ever but it wasn't bad I, I've surprised a lot of people like when I rapped I rapped at Monopole one night I had my big winter beard I had a shout out to Monopole on, yeah and <laughs> And I just talked to the band. I'm like, yo, you guys care if I freestyle? And they're like, okay. And I had it going. He went. He yeah. went in. He did him. Yeah. 
No, we looking we looking for a beat right now. We want to do I want to do a rap video on the farm because we got a YouTube page. I'm like, yo, I want to do one on the farm and just like spit some fire on the farm. Blow yeah. people mind, yeah. yo, Bubba Sparks, my dude, yeah. Bubba Sparks type shit, man. <laughs> mm. Yeah. We in the mortgage office, what you think I got this? Yeah, I got you. If you trying to buy a house, I'll get you enough room so the whole crew can fucking come through. Yeah. Look at that dining room. Yeah, we in this bitch. And my girl legit. Uh Yeah, we ain't in Lake Placid. We in the Berg. Uh I might be the second best rapper you ever heard. Ah! I'm from Keysville. Yeah, that's how I do. (laughs) I'm chilling, yeah, I'll spark up the whole crew uh-huh. You ain't gotta drop five when you with me All I do is fucking smoke that pithy yeah. <laughs> Let me find out Bars I retire I retire Bars Hold up, let's get up Hold on, we got no way in the building We going live and it's off the top Hold on Yeah, hold on, listen Uh, we got back at it I'm used to doing it like a crack addict. Uh, I got bad habits, mad cabbage. I'm looking for the green, nigga. Bad cabbage, yeah. Underrated be the gang, no. We hit the studio, you better know the name, bro. Uh, niggas know I keep that rod fast. Underrated Craig on the podcast. Uh, yeah, y'all niggas know the name. Tom Malone and Flubs, y'all niggas know the game. Uh, I got LaRue on the camera, though. Uh, he taking pics for the camera though. I want that camera flow. Yeah, get the video. I'm about to make a movie. That's a cameo. Uh, Tom Malone, let me hear something. Underrated be the gang, nigga. Hear something. Yeah, Tom Malone, I be loitering bad. Pull up on Dave Boy and Nav. Motherfuckers know I go parole down the block. I ain't do shot. Motherfucker, I did my time on the rock. Yeah, like Barack. More than four years, eight more, fuck, I'll do four more just to see motherfucking skate. Yeah. My time underrated. Wait. Yeah. I need time to catch up, I'm on a blue mic. I might need two mics, I might get too hype. Uh-huh. Got a battle tomorrow, what's up tonight? Uh-huh. Two wrongs don't make two rights, that's why it's two on two, you gonna have to eat. Motherfucker, I do mines like an athlete. Uh-huh. Motherfuckers got scratchy feet. Hold on, we ain't done. My boy Flows did this. That was light, though. That was light. But we do alone, man. We do gotta, we do gotta battle tomorrow. Me and Tom alone, St. Lawrence Mall. I just drank you fucking. It's all good, bro. You good? We gotta battle tomorrow, two on two, St. Lawrence Mall, Sean rap battles. Just throwing that out there. What is that like? Like, what goes on? Like. How many people is there? What's like what what's what happens? It yeah, it really depends on it depends on the venue, it depends on how much um the dude market it and, and, and network it and it depends on who's at the event. Like excuse me, if you get if you get people that got like a high following, like you gotta be smart about it. If you're gonna have a rap battle or something, you wanna get battlers that have a following that's gonna bring a crowd. So if you if you wanna pack your venue, you wanna get people that's that's gonna bring people, you know, to the venue and stuff. But like like Tone said, man, it just depends on who you got, who's throwing the venue and how you network it. We was in some shit three months ago in Lake Placid. I'll give you I even give Jordan a shout out. Shout out Sean Rat Battles, Jordan Hostley. He um he did some shit in Lake Placid and um and it and it went phenomenal, you know. He marketed it right, it was a good come out. 
And there was other times when not him, but I went to a couple of we went to a, a, a turnout and it was shaky, it was sh- it was shaky, you know. It was ten people there, and that, and, and f- out of the ten, four of us was the performers, you know. Like so, it was it's how you market it, you know what I mean? Hey, yo, they they did some predictions for Shine who's going to uh, win the battles, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not trying to brag. We 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 took the polls seventy five to like twenty five twenty five. And and they make predictions on a podcast. Shout out to Bars makes a prediction on the podcast uh, called Talk My Shit. Talk My Shit, yeah. yeah. And uh, my prediction for for stomping grounds tomorrow is that ain't barely nobody gonna be at this. Event. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because because uh, shout out City, shout out Bars, but uh, like don't nobody know what's happening tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real not. It's, it's not organized. Like it's not. It's not. I, I, I'm not getting paid for it. Nobody is. I, so, not. so to me, all that's really good for it is the camera footage, anyways. And the best camera footage is going to be come from comes from like no crowds because then you don't have the distractions in the background or anything like that. So, but tomorrow's event's going to be dead. Like it's in Messina at the mall. That mall. Has like two stores in it. Yeah. The mall's dead. You been there nobody no, goes there, and nobody's gonna start <laughs> for a rap battle. Not 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 yet. Maybe in a couple years or something like that. Some some grace of God, underrated becomes overrated. Right. You know what I mean? And right, recently right. we start getting overpaid. Right. But until then, like I don't think it's gonna happen. Not we have a better chance of trying it out here yeah. in Plattsburgh. Um. More people, more younger, like, demographics is important. It's important when you're trying to do a show, too. Exactly. And so I would never have a show in Messina, New York, to die in this town in the upstate region. But that's what's happening tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you keep it real, real. Still, yeah, keep it real. That's what's happening tomorrow. We're going to win the battle. Everybody's going to see it on camera. That's where the battles are taking place on camera. <laughs> so how yeah. does one win? Is it crowd reaction? Like, what goes on? Well, before it was it was more like um they they used to judge it, but they don't they don't do that no more because it's getting biased. What happened? You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be it's gonna be biased, but now they just go they go by. I don't. They don't judge it no more. They're not judging the battles I, right now at this particular battle league. Right. It's only a league once in a while. Like they're hosting the battles, but they're not judging these. But I, I would say crowd reaction, crowd reaction is is would, the most like. Definitely be the judge of that shit. If if so, let's say if you're, if you're having a comedian battle, that's what the crowd is reaction. If your jokes fall flat, same same as a rapper, a rapper's punchlines and a battle can fall flat. And if if the punchlines are landing and the crowd's saying, "Oh, what did he just say?" Like, "Oh, that's what wins the battle." That's if the nobody the says shit about your battle, if nobody if you didn't hear it, people go, "Oh, a couple of your punchlines, you're losing, bro." Yeah, yeah. you know, crowd control pretty much. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but, what, what not, would a battle be like? Like, let's say we went down to Houston. Like, is there like like is there like five thousand dollar prizes? Is it for cred? What's it, what's that like? It, well, it all depends on the battle league, you know. If, so, is there like an NBA of battle leagues? Like, is there? URL. Yeah, URL, URL. definitely. Ultimate, Ultimate rap. rap. I, I know my new goal. <laughs> I, 
I'm gonna put you on. I'm gonna send you a link. I'm, you're gonna love it. But URL is definitely one of the top tier. Definitely tip. rap if there's ever a battle in Plattsburgh. Oh, I, yo, I'm oh, I'm gonna hold you to that because no. some something's gonna happen. No, but you, a man's something's word is gonna happen. Bond. Something's gonna happen, and I got I you. Can, I can put 16 on any cipher. Whenever oh you need man, me. I'm gonna hold you down to I that, man. I got the mic, man. Ah, uh, silver. But um, I forgot who was talking about you threw me on. <laughs> no, because I knew I knew rap battles were a thing, but I didn't know like. Oh, the money, I assumed yeah. in big cities, everyone's like, all right, every Friday we meet here. And, like, was there, when you were growing up, was there, like, rap battles in Harlem? Oh, there was all kind of rap. Was, I, I've seen I've seen rap battles happen in on the streets, in hallways, uh, in prison, you know what I'm saying? Everywhere. Like, you know, it's just now, what they're doing now with the whole rap thing is, the battle is, people are starting to smarten up and try to market and make money off of it, you know, which I think, like, the URL, for instance. Yeah. The dude named Smack, entrepreneur, the smartest guy, you know, took a couple of street dudes who had a street name, battle rapping, made a league, got a got a, a website, patent his name, copywritten it, got a website, got got a couple of sponsors with Dutchess, DVDs. He opened the market up crazy. Now he's he's got pay-per-view, he got pay-per-view thing, like, going to Europe, well, not Europe, uh, England, you know, like, he... And that's what I want to do, you know. Hopefully, that's what I want to do with Madhouse. He he expanded his he he took one thing and just expanded, you know. And I think he had a blueprint for what he wanted to do, and he just went he went right where he needed to go with it, you know. And I feel that's what I want to do with Madhouse. But that URL, you gotta check it out, man. I'm surprised you didn't hear about that shit yet, bro. It's crazy, crazy. I'm out of the scene now. I just can't. Uh, that was no. the first time I put on the belt in a minute. <laughs> Yo, you had some bars, oh, B. I was yeah. like, oh shit, this nigga flowing. He, got us, he flowing though. He got me. <laughs> I'm tired. He, f- me. he flowing though. I was like, oh Yo, shit. We used, to, we used to battle pretty hard at the frat house. Like, it was <laughs> like, we would just, we would get a circle and just, we'd go off and we'd just like, just battle rap. It was fun, man. Man, I miss fraternity parties, man. They're I fun. went to one back in a couple of years ago and them shits, man. Y'all white boys can get it in, man. I swear, man. Y'all niggas can get it in. <laughs> we like we like studying. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> so what what sort of advice would you give to just, you know, just somebody just graduating high school, whether they want to pursue a rap career or another career, what sort of advice would you give them? Um, First off, I would tell them to stay in school and go to college. I, 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 I'm I'm a big, I'm 37, so I'm all about future plans and future endeavors. You know, I'm not about the now. 18 years ago when I was 18, yeah, I probably would have been like, fuck school, let's go to rap. You know what I'm saying? But now I, I look at it like you can't have rap as your number one goal, just like it is for basketball. Like you see dudes go, they go to high school and they, they get their big high school players and people like, Oh, you should go to the league. You should go to the league. You should go, you should go to the NBA. And, and people like, no, you should stay, go to college, get your degree. Cause you never know what's going to happen. You might break your leg and you have nothing to fall back on. Just like with high school, you know, 18 year old, if you coming out of high school and you want to pursue rap, put that as like your secondary. You got to have something to fall back on me. Personally, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to I'm going to talk to you. I'm trying to get a house and and stuff like that. I got other plans, like as a man. But then rap is always going to be a part of me. But that's not going to be like my main thing. I love music, you know. Yeah. But I I would just have a I always have a plan B or a plan C. You know, rap just can't be it. 
you know, right now rap ain't paying the bills for me, you know. <laughs> I got to work. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, you do what you got to do to survive. But, you know, to the point to rap start paying me for what I'm doing, like what I'm trying to do. Everybody's goal is to get paid off of their craft and their, their sh- whatever, their hustle, you know, legally. Um, Till then, you know, rap is... It's here, but I got to work, you know, and I would say that to any 18-year-old. Go to yeah. school, man. Rap is rap. If you want to take your career, you want get to a, get a degree first and then do rap because rap is not always for everybody. Yeah, and whether that's, that's with anything. I mean, if you work 9 to 5, there's still 5, 6 hours in the day where you can still perfect your craft and right. make money during the day while you're doing something that you love at night. Right. Like I feel like with the internet and with how the economy is changing, like – you can you can make a good income and like for example when my dad was younger like he was a he, he first he was a janitor and then he worked as a plumber like he got on the plumbing team at the factory and uh he was doing good so he decided to make but he was moonlighting so after work he'd go do his own plumbing and then he decided to make the jump to do his own plumbing full time okay and it's sort of like that with anything like you can always work on whatever you really enjoy after work and you gotta like you gotta pay the bills. There's no of course they don't and, stop. Yeah, bills never stop. <laughs> Death and taxes only two guaranteed things. Guaranteed in life. things in life. Yeah. So like I feel like whatever your side hustle is, like you don't need to like you can work a full time job and have like a full time side hustle. Yeah, basically. of course like, that's no, exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and it's it's an outlet, and especially if it's something that you enjoy doing. Like it's a it's an awesome thing to have for real. I'm you know what to keep it real with you, Matt. Like I'm I'm sitting here. And, like, I'm taking, like, the money I, I get from working and everything. Like, I'll take, you know, I pay my bills and then having this company to keep it running. You know how it is. It's like you have your company. You got to put money into your company to keep it running. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the whole, with me, it's about budgeting and, and financial management on how I'm trying to, like, keep things going and 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 just keep things functional as far as, like, working and making sure Madhouse has the stuff it needs to function well. Like, you know, I'm paying for, I'm paying dudes to mix, uh, not mix and match. I'm paying dudes to put the videos together. I got to get producers. I'm paying producers money for beats. You know, it's not cheap, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of like financial management when it comes to me personally with business and working and, you know, like the whole being grown about, if you're a businessman, you want your business to do good. So you got to have a good financial plan or financial management of what you're doing with your money, you know, to keep things running. Yeah, man. I mean, the number one number one killer business is overheads. You yeah. Know? You, you ain't lying about that. You got to run it like lean and mean. Like yeah. here at the mortgage company, we keep our overhead like super low. Like we don't have a big ass office. We don't right. have – because everything. Like even, you know, it costs – if you got a big ass store, it's going to be 500 a month for your electric bill. Right, like, that's right. That's before rent. And I feel like a lot of uh, – a lot of business people, they think that they have to start off with the Big. massive office and the nicest, the, the brand new MacBook, the, right. everything top of the line. And you don't need a lot of stuff. You don't even need anything to start a business. All you need, you go down to the county, you pay $20 and you get a DBA and then you got to like run it lean, like run it until the current situation that you're running it from is impossible. And you know you're going to make money. You looked at the numbers. Right. right. We can upgrade to this space. We can do it. This is possible. Yeah, because right. I see I see so many businesses fail because they they think that they should start off like as good or better than their competitor. But if your product is a good product, it's going to Yeah, it's going to sell, sell and you're going to you're going to be able to slowly make it. Like I do um I go to 
or I, I go to SUNY Plattsburgh every now and then and talk to the freshman class, and I they nice. call it like adulting 101, <laughs> and I give them like financial advice. Of course. And my number one thing that I think is like the best, it's like don't base your life right out of school on what your parents' life is like. Like mm. they worked That's for a good one. 20 a good one. years or 10 years, or they were doing everything they could. Even if it wasn't the best situation, they were doing everything they could to provide for you and make it like, make it a positive make it happen thing. for you. Right. And when you just get out of college or high school, like you're starting at square one, like you're not going to live in a nice neighborhood. You're going to be, like, you should have seen my first apartment was the size of this office. Like, I can only imagine. I, I know how that'd be, man. I know exactly how that'd be. Yeah, and you got to you gotta make those sacrifices then right. so you can live cheap. And, like, you don't need a lot to survive. Like, right. If it's just one or two people, like, get a one-bedroom. Don't have an extra room. And spend that, save that money and spend that extra money on your passion. Right, right. Or you have the money to like, do something, to do that, something you that you really enjoy. Exactly. See, you did it. You did it. You you know the smart way about doing it. People, other people don't do it like that. You know, they think like you said. They need the the brand new MacBook, or you know, it's all about looks and impressions. You know, oh look at me, I just got my business, and look at this, I got the fifty nine inch TV, and you know. But two months later, you're broke because you can't keep up on the fifty nine. You know, your your yeah. space is too big. Your electric bill is three thousand dollars, and you're not getting enough money. You know, you got all this space, but you're not bringing customers in to keep it running or whatever the case may be you know so yeah. it is all about you know being comfortable and knowing what you need and not having a whole lot of overhead you know because it'll yeah. bite you right in the ass bro. yeah like i feel like the best lesson is like base base whatever you're doing on the good on the bad times not the good times right like if if this is how much you can afford in a bad month like base your life off that and then when good months come away like stack stack that save that right and then you can reinvest it versus if you if you think it's going to be good times the whole time you're in business you're going to be out of business because right, right. business, if you're lucky, it's more half good times than bad times. Mm. Like, that's a, that's lucky. No, that's, that's real. That's real. <laughs> that's real. So, where are we at? Ooh, I got a good one for Woods. Okay. What's good to you? What is an unusual habit or obsession you explore <laughs> on the weekends that our, li- that our listeners wouldn't know? <laughs> unusual habits that I explore on the weekends. You know what's crazy? I'm gonna keep it real, and they're probably gonna laugh at me right now. Um, every Saturday morning, I got I have my daughters. I have my daughter from Friday to Sunday, but every Saturday morning, um, me and her will watch "Say Yes to the Dress," and I don't know why I'm watching "Say Yes to the Dress" with my nine year old daughter, but we will. She loves that show, and I'm really starting to like that. I. I it might sound weird, probably like, where the fuck is he going with this? But this is like the weirdest, like, we'll, we'll just watch Say Yes to the Dress, and she's like, she's nine, and she's just in there like, but now I'm starting to do it. Like, the other day, yes. I'm, I'm watching it, I'm like, oh shit, I'm watching with my wife now, and it's starting to really come habitual with me, and I shouldn't even said this, because these niggas gonna look at me like, oh, you soft little motherfucker. <laughs> Before the battle, yeah, nah, nah, the battle tomorrow. I told, I told him chill. Wait till after that. Um, an- another one, another habit. I would say, uh, bad. You said a habit nobody would know that I do. I wear my boogers on my socks. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. What? You heard him. I wear my boogers on my socks. Nigga. That's real shit. Nah, I just put it on my sock. My, I used to do that. I used to flick it on the wall. My wife be mad at me. <laughs> so 
So instead of getting some some dishwashing soap thrown in my face, I'll just ah right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so whatever. That might be TMI, but that's real. I, I do that. That's real. Real, man. Real. Keeping it real. All right. Hey. Over to the cameraman. I got to ask this guy some questions. Yeah, yeah. Hey. State your name, though, man. Am I tall enough for the mic? I think I'm tall enough for the mic. Yeah, man. LaRue Jones, a.k.a. Tara Thompson, but LaRue Jones. Gang. Yeah. Man of South Carolina. Yeah. Nice, man. So how'd you end up in Plattsburgh? Um... I moved her back in back to Lake Placid in November. I think in like November. I've been there ever since, but I'm about to be up out of there. It's not, it's not for me. It's not. It's not for me, dude. It's not for me. I do not belong. But yeah, I moved there in November. I got two sisters that was adopted up there, so I was getting to know them, stuff like that, visiting. But it's good to visit. Then when you get there, uh, yeah. you know, you live in it. It's kind of different. It's different. Right. It's different. So how did you get into, like, doing videography and camera work and stuff like that? Um, Back in 2013. I was dating this girl for, like, six years. Six years. Had a joint bank account. I thought it was going to last forever, dude. <laughs> how old were forever. you? You had a joint bank account? I was, like... I was young. I was like 22. I was dating her for Damn. like a while. That's like, when it happened. For a while. I just got a joint bank account with my wife. You was Man. tripping. Me too. She cleared. <laughs> she cleared. Never. <laughs> she cleared my account. I remember I remember the day. Never forget. I was at Mickey D's. I was like, ooh, about to get a Big Mac. I'm at the window. They take my car. They're like, oh, yeah, this is decline. I said, nah. 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 <laughs> I said, try again. Sir, your car's declined. So I go to the bank. They're like, yeah, you know, Miss, Miss, you know, I'm not going to say her name. I ain't gonna, but she's like, yeah, she claimed to clear your account, so you got no money left. So she cleared my account, took my money, took me to court, drama. So I had this camera in my, in my apartment, never used it. I was looking at, like, I was doing, like, it was a bad breakup. So I was, like, have other bad habits I was doing. So I had a camera. I was like, let me do something positive. So I picked up the camera, and ever since then, I just been shooting, just been shooting. So. I mean that's good that you turn a negative into a positive like okay. that's it's it's always a positive for the negative no matter what yeah uh, no matter what that's awesome man so what what are your plans like what do you like doing with videography what's your favorite part of the well art? I'm mainly a photographer I just love photography man like I just love the pictures like you catch a moment that's gonna last forever you rap that, too don't lie yeah yeah I do music too me I just, I do music too like music's like like my second nature, I do poetry, I write, I'm an author too. So I'm just, just trying to do a whole bunch of things. So my goal is to show people that talent has no limit. Like, why not just do whatever you can do? And then when you die, you leave that behind. Like, I'm going to leave photos behind. I'm going to leave music behind. I'm going to leave probably in the future my kids behind. But they're going to just continue to give it to the world. So, like, I grew up at the bottom. So, you know, I just try to teach people just to be who you are. It doesn't matter the situation that you're born into. You can always... Like, come out of that because I was born without my parents. So I didn't have my parents. My mom was an addict. My dad was already married. You already know how that goes. So I just took the, the pain that I went through and just used it as motivation. So. Damn, man. I'm glad I asked the cameraman in here. This, <laughs> this is awesome, man. Can I this? Huh? Can I use this? Yeah. Yeah, I need it. Go, man. I got a whole roll of paper towels. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Imagine I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> like, you ain't using I'm that. like, dang. <laughs> I know my nose running. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, um, photography is just my passion. It keeps me mentally balanced. If I can't do photography, I just feel like, I don't know, just, it's like second nature. Like I, I'm self-taught, got the cameras on my own, learn to program my own. I just have an eye for it. Right. So, 
I used to do modeling first, but I got our dad did photography. You used to do what? Modeling. Oh, modeling? Yeah. Tough business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to stay out of trouble with that. Or they just like, they'll drop you. So that's basically what happened. They dropped me because I got in too much trouble after doing that talk. So. I'm fat. I don't got to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what do you plan to do with photography? Like, do you want to do like there's there's money weddings I paid. Yeah, like my money. My dream job is work for GQ magazine. Like that's what I want to do. Like I love GQ magazine. I just want to be like the photographer or the editor or the journalist. Whatever I can do, I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? But that's my main thing. If not, I want to own an art studio. But it's gonna be like poetry, photography, music, all in one studio. Just like a, a event, like a open space where artists come, the like upcoming artists, artists, big stream artists, just come out there and express yourself. Because people got a whole lot of talent, but it never get expressed to the world because they have no way to put it out there. You know, they probably live in like let's say Lake Placid, someone who does the music, but it's no way for them to do it. So I just want to be the the place to come to. Like, just be you. That's my main thing. Just be you. And just like, just express your soul, cause people be afraid to express their soul. Like me, I'm put my soul in everything I do: photography, music, poetry. But a lot of people, is it's just embarrassed to be themselves, you know. But I don't want that in my space. You can be whoever you want to be. Doesn't matter who you are. Just be who you want to be. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm. I very much believe like I don't really care about people's opinions, and like I want to make myself happy. Like, yeah, I, I do mortgages, and I just spit 16 bars on a podcast like i think you should just no matter what you do you should just do you and do what you enjoy and do what brings you happiness and you still got to make money when you're doing it like you can't if you just love painting and nobody wants to buy your paintings you got to do some other shit but i feel like having that outlet and keeping that on the side it's like the key the key to happiness really yeah, I just did a whole project just for me. Like, I released project. It's called Project 27. SoundCloud, LaRue Jones, L-A-R-U-E Jones. But Project 27 just, like, a therapy album. You know, just a therapy album. Just, like, I just couldn't, like... So what just, do you mean by, like, a therapy album? Man! Oh, man. <laughs> so cool! I, another breakup. Another breakup, man. Shorty, she, like, did me dirty, like... She cleared she, out the bank account? Nah, she didn't clear out the bank account. <laughs> so you're she, learning. You're she, learning. I, learning, right? I learned from one mistake, then I made another one. So I've been on my own since I was like 18. I took this this check in. She, she had nowhere to go. I was living in a jungle, very, very violent part of York, Pennsylvania. Very like. So she wasn't used to the hood. So I told her to get a crib on Madison, which was not the hood. So she got in her name. So I left Maple Street to her crib. Got to this altercation. She threw me out because her name was on the, on the lease. So another mistake. So, guys, I'm not saying anything, but put your name on the lease if you ain't got nowhere to go because I ain't had nobody. <laughs> and I went back to the couch. <laughs> That's rule number one, baby. Yeah, so I just needed a positive outlet. So that's how I became LaRue Jones. It's like I went in the studio just right from the soul. Like everything. If you listen to the project, you could just hear me venting about everything in there. Yeah, he he got some. Larue really he he got a kind of of a soulful kind of flow with it, and you can hear his yeah. struggle in his music. I give him that. I'm I'm the first to say that though. He you can hear his struggle in his music. Yeah. So, so you, what was it like growing up without your parents? Like, what was your what was the situation like? If you feel I, comfortable talking about it, no, no, I'm you, open man. book. It was hard, you know. You like you be in school, and your teacher asks you like get in front of class, say what your parents do. I didn't know my father was alive until I was, like, 13. Like, I thought he was dead. 
And then he called me one night and was like, hey, this is Brad. And I'm like, I don't know who Brad is. But my mom, she was an addict. So it was the best that she wasn't out of my life, was out of my life because when she came into my life, it was just like a whole bunch of drama. But it was hard because I was, I was conscious. Like my grandparents that took me, I was, I was born in Lancaster. That's what people don't know. I was born in Lancaster. PA? Yeah, Lancaster, yeah, yeah. PA. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to foster care. My mom left me in the hospital, went to foster care. And then she gave me to my grandparents, which is my, my birth mom, father, and mom. They raised me until about 15. My grandma got rid of me. I was a troubled kid. Like, a lot of things was just, a lot of bad things. Like, just, I just seen a lot of bad things I shouldn't see. But it was hard, like, because you know the people that's raising you ain't your parents. And... It's a sick feeling, like, yeah. my mom didn't want me, my dad didn't want me. So, but I grew up with two of my brothers from my mom's side. They was okay with the situation, but I always have problems. Like, I don't see, it was tough. You know, you're living in the street, you're homeless. I didn't see my brothers get killed, like, different things like that. I didn't see so many different things that traumatized me, but I didn't have a place to vent. So, this made me a troublemaker. So, I was a troubled kid. So, growing up my parents, I didn't have that, that genuine love. So, Love to me was like hate, pain, everything. So I just couldn't. I feel like if I had parents, whatever, I could be able to vent. But if I did, I wouldn't be me. But it was pretty hard. Like, you just, you face situations that you shouldn't face at a young age. Like, I've been learning since the age of five. Like, how, you know, living on the streets, going from house to house, dealing with, like, like abuse and stuff like that. Like, I was treated as a prisoner, like, plenty of times, like, in a foster care system. So it's not easy. So it's hard. It depends on, for me, it was just. Just pain. Like, I ain't gonna lie, just straight pain growing up, so. So that's good that you found, like, a, mm. a outlet. What other what other sort of, like, coping techniques or, like, what what would you, what advice would you give to, like, your 18 or 15-year-old self, something like that? Ooh, when I was 18. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I would just, I would sit down and talk to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, because when I was 18, I would just full of anger, bro. Like, I ain't gonna lie, like. I just didn't see no hope. Like, growing up, this I'd be dead by 18, so I would come back to me and be like, look, I'm from the future, which ain't never going to happen. But, you know, I'm from the future, man. Like, your life is going to change. Like, no matter what you go through, like, you are somebody. Because I was told I was going to be nobody. So I grew up just like, I don't love myself. I'm going to be. But I'm just to look at myself like, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to love yourself before anybody love you. So I just give an advice like, the streets is not a, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get the street and just continue education. So that's just me, you know. So I just, I just, just give him motivation, give him hope. He didn't, I had hope, so. Was there, like, another turnaround moment besides having the camera at your house that you were like, I'm, yeah. I'm done with this? Like Yeah, uh, I, had a, I had a daughter on the way. Um, tough situation for me. I had a daughter on the way. I was 16. I was 16 at the time. And I was running around the street. Had this older girl. Got her first time, first time, like, <laughs> doing it and got her pregnant. So I was like, we yeah, <laughs> it was no pullout game, bro. <laughs> no pullout game. I was, I was, I was imitating when I seen the porn. So I was like, ah, ah, so, ah, so, ah. <laughs> Monday night raw, <laughs> Smackdown. Smackdown. So I had um, a daughter on the way and um, I grew up without my parents. So I was like, damn, like, if I get locked up, if I get locked up, my daughter's going to gonna not have a father and I didn't want that for her so I tried to turn my life around but I ended up losing my daughter so it just started putting me more down the dark path too so what you that, say? I lost my daughter oh man so I'm sorry to hear that it just put me like another dark path but that was like a the first turnaround situation but 
the the breakup was like, yeah, like I got to be something more than what I am because it was a bad situation, bad situation. But yeah, that was a turnaround moment for me too. So yeah, man, a lot yeah. of times you need like you need something bad to happen for something good to happen. Like when right. when everything feels like it's falling apart, you're gonna learn what to do and what what brought you there. And it seems like a lot of a lot of your situation was outside of your control. But yeah, you sometimes like. The world ain't fair. Like the universe, the universe don't care. No, so there's not at all. <laughs> yeah, you're not lying. Yeah. So there's no, there's nothing that you could do besides just try and do better than the day you did before. Yeah, man. That's all you can do. Just try to evolve. You can obviously evolve. Too many, too many hours in a day not to evolve. Good. All right, man. Damn, right, bro. Man. Boy, my boy. The cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That was that was real though. Yeah, he yeah. kept it. He kept that it real. Rule always keep it real. That's my boy. He's a good dude. He's leaving us in May. Bastard. But dude, hopefully you see me at a cipher before then. Yeah, <laughs> we gonna get you. We gonna get yeah. you, boy. <laughs> we gonna get you. Oh man. So. What do you think in the past five years? Like, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, behavioral habit. I think um, I think becoming a dad. <sighs> man, my daughter slowed me down. <clears throat> the last nine years, man, I've I've changed. I used to do things. I mean, I used to think a different way before I had my daughter because I had nothing. I wouldn't say I had nothing, but I didn't have nobody that would. Look up to me, you know. Now I got my daughter. I wouldn't do half of the shit I'm doing back then now. You know, like, my daughter really, like, broke me down to be just the way I move. Doing criminal shit. Doing, you know, going back to my old ways. um, <sighs> Being around certain people. You know, people, places, and things. You know, I got caught up doing some shit being around people. um, And this is before my daughter, so I... You know, it was it was the way I was thinking. Now I got my daughter, and I know like certain people do certain things and they move a certain way. I tend not to even be involved in them. You know, so it's like, you know, I I want to see my daughter. I don't want to go to. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be around people that's getting themselves in trouble. So I think my daughter like really calmed me down. I'm a housebody now. I'm 37, 21. When I was 21, 22. I was these man. I was running around. Doing whatever, fucking everything, you know, like just being a wild fucking boy. Now it's like Friday nights, Saturday nights. I'm in the house watching Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings, I'm watching Say Yes to the Dress with my daughter eating cinnamon toast crunch. Like, how real is that, my nigga? Like, (laughs) I don't get no realer than that. But definitely my daughter to answer your question, B. Definitely. What about you, man? You got one? What you got? What? What you got for me? What's an unusual habit or obsession that you explore on the weekends? On the weekends? Or during weeknights, whenever. What's something the listeners wouldn't know about you? Man, I'm a boring motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs> Life sucks up here, man. You work. I, I literally work. Work. Studio. In studio. And work. then work a little more. Like, that's that's my life. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, an unusual habit, he says. I got 17 alarms. Hard to wake up? 
I, I'm when I'm out, I'm like a rock. And I believe him because I'll call this dude to come to the studio. I'll call him to come to the studio. He would not come to like three hours later, and he be stone cold. Matter of fact, he done slept in my crib, and he will not wake up for now. This dude, when Flub sleeps, I'm out. He's out. I'm I out. Mean, solid. I've slept through every earthquake. I can sleep through the apocalypse. I guarantee solid. it. That's why he needs 17 alarms, because this shit is solid. Yo, I have my phone hooked up to my speaker at night, my guy. So it's loud as shit. It's literally on my little desk, and it's loud. It's XXX Tassion, a really loud song. <laughs> He's screaming in the song. That's I had that 17 times. Yeah. I just snooze, snooze, snooze. Finally, yeah. the 12th one, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should get up. You ever thought about just waking up at the first one? You know, <laughs> it takes motivation. Yo. Sometimes I ain't got that. You gotta strive for something. You need something that you want. Like I love waking up early because like I'm trying to come to work to make money. I'm, I'm a night owl though. I stay up yes. all fucking night. Yes. I stay up all night though. Like that's me. Well, I'm some a night people, owl. some people are morning people. Some people are night people. But I feel like people think they're night people, and it's not. It's not like the best for you. Like I can. I can so easily get trapped in my like phones are like sunlight. Like phones will fucking keep you up. I try and like. Dim my phone screen. Don't touch it after nine. Like I feel like I used to be a night owl, but I've been trying to wake up at like five, four. In the I'm the type of dude like, where I always gotta have my mind focused or busy on something. Well, even if I'm just, even if I'm just sitting on the computer fucking around on a beat or something like that, like I'm gone. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm up. There's, there's no. Right. It takes a lot to really wind me down. And when I wind down, I'm just out. But like. <laughs> When he crashes, he crashes. Yeah, if he dies, he, he dies. dies. He dies. <laughs> so like, Gorilla. yeah, that's that's definitely one. I guess kind of weird trait about me that I do on the weekends. On the weekends, I know, must mainly every day, but <laughs> yeah. it's alright. Still, Woods, do you have a like a favorite failure or something that you would, from the surface, you would think was a failure, but actually? turned out to be a positive um mm, i would have to say a failure that turned out to be a positive um i would have to say i felt like if i would have you know it might sound a little crazy i feel like if i would have actually stayed in school I wouldn't be where I am right now. I don't know if that sounds fucked up or not, but <laughs> you know, like, I feel like if I would have went, if I would have finished my last year in school, I probably would have went and did what I wanted to do as far as like the business, whatever. But I, I, I like what I'm doing. I feel I'm comfortable right now. I make good money, you know, um, and I'm doing what I love. I, my bills are getting paid. I'm not the richest dude in the world, but my bills are getting paid. I'm, you know, and, and I think that's rich in itself. So, I think like if I would if me not finishing school, I, it, might, it sounds fucked up, but it's real for me. Me not finishing school, but like actually like being a father and like knowing like I gotta do something now that I don't have my degree to to make something of myself, really pushing me to like be who I am and be this hustler. Like I told you before, like I'm trying to network my ass off. Like I'm here. I was in Vermont last week. I'm here now. We're going to Albany next week. Like I'm just I'm just trying to do better. And if I felt like if I had that degree, I would be like more lackadaisical because you know I would depend. Oh, I got this degree, so 
I'm good. I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shitting on anybody with a degree. You know, having a degree is good. But me personally, I feel like if I would have had that, I, I would have felt like I'm more relaxed. Like, okay, I got a degree. I can do anything now. Me being like, now nah, I don't have this degree. I gotta. I gotta grind. You know, like I. Yeah, it keeps me going. Like I gotta do something. You know, like a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, so. I mean, you gotta have something that you always, you always strive towards. Like I always say, like having a nemesis or someone who you want to do better than is like it's a powerful thing to it happen. is it is yeah, it's, it it's, is it's good because you need a little little extra gas in the tank or something that that it really is. drives you and it doesn't necessarily have to be a person but it could be something like you like you know i didn't get that degree but that's not going to define me that type of thing right i get flack like like recently i was talking about this like you know i'm not gonna say no names but you know people people telling me you know uh you know i think you're it's another cypher out there called grime mode Grimo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I hear you. I hear you. There's another joint out there called Grimo. Gang. gang. You know what I mean? Madhouse gang. But there's another thing out there called Grimo. And um, they're doing pretty good for themselves. Um, You know, they're doing more. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get on that level, but I'm not trying to follow them. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a guy tell me, like, oh, you you, you, just, you trying to be a fake Grimo. Or you would, never, you would never be like them. And that, to me, man, is just like ammunition like that just makes me like oh i'm not okay like you know that's just it's like fueling the fire like okay now this is making me more really want to do it now like okay like i, I really got to grind because they thinking i'm trying to do this you know just like you said having a nemesis and just having somebody having somebody tell me that is like oh you know like okay it's on now like i'm i don't i'm not proving nobody nothing to nobody but myself but in the end it's like when it's all said and done it's like I know I put my all in this and I'm trying to like really grow my company and I'm not yeah. trying to bite off of nobody or be, you know, that's the whole point of me networking myself. I'm doing this all on my, by myself with my team. But as far as like myself is like not having, yo, can you help me? Or I need your help because you got a name or I need your help because you in there. I'm doing this all by myself and I'm going to continue to do it with the gang. And when I, when I get to that spot and it's solidified, I can honestly say like, yo, I did this without any of y'all, you know? I would like to work with people, but I don't want to piggyback so they could be like, oh, you're just a fake this, so well, that's like just me. I said that. Like, I, I love the quote, nobody who's ever doing better than you is going like, to tell you. Yeah, it's going to, like, talk down on you. Like, right. I'm sure that person, they probably don't have their own cipher, so they're, they're like, oh, like, you suck because you're not as good as them, but they're... I feel like a lot of people, it's sort of an inflection of yourself and what you feel uncomfortable about is what you're going to... Right. <laughs> Say about somebody right. else. <laughs> yeah, you know, people. When, when you when you have when you and, and the guy that said it was was a producer, and um, we 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 left on bad terms. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> um, you know, don't ever, don't ever tell nobody that they can't do nothing if you don't know their grind, if you don't know them personally, if you don't know how they move, if you don't know. Who they know, like, dude told me specifically, like, yo, you're, you're fake grime old and you would never make it <clears throat> moving with the people you working with. You know, the, these guys I have. And from there on, it was just like, all right, bro, you don't know these guys. So for you to be telling me this, you making me really want to make this happen now, you know. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to help. I'm helping my dudes. I'm trying to, excuse me, prove these dudes wrong. But I'm doing it in a professional way without being that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so 
that's like the fuel for me. That's my nemesis when people tell me I can't do this or you're not going to make it because you you messing with certain people. You know, that, that really gets to me because these are my guys and, you know, family first. I'm a loyal motherfucker. So if you're telling me I can't work with you because I'm dealing with these dudes, then it's a wrap for that, boy. <laughs> Fidax. Gang. <laughs> so when when do you feel most successful? I feel most successful when me and, and the team are doing good. I feel most successful when my family and my daughter and the people around me that I love and I call my friends are happy and everybody's doing good. I'm an unselfish motherfucker. I will give my dudes the shirts off my back. I want people around me to win. I'm not, I don't want to be that guy to be like, oh, I did this. So when everybody around me happy and everybody around me doing good, <clears throat> I feel like I'm the most successful guy. You know, cause I just I just want to bring everybody with me when I'm doing good. Like I got every every everywhere I go, I'm bringing the gang with me. You know, I don't want to do this by myself. I want everybody to be here and enjoy it. I want everybody to get what they got to get in. You know, cause I don't want to do this by myself. Cause I want this is a team thing. You know, so when my team eat, I'm happy. We've been doing this for minutes. Like I ran up on Woods. Yes, I was like. 14, maybe 15. Young flubs, bitch. Yo, I just, a little kid. Young flubs and his bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like little 14, 15 year old white rapping kid. And I just kept hearing about Woods and how he raps. And I'm like, I'm going to find this motherfucker soon. And then one day, I'm chilling outside of the gas station, like 20 below, because that's what we did. In Little Wilmington, New York. Running from cops and shit. Stupid. (laughs) Stupid. But. I seen the pump of gas, and I'm like, that's got to be him. So I run up, and I'm like, yo, you Woods? And he just kind of looks at me, and he's like, yeah, what's up? What's up, little man? And I'm like, yo, I got this 16 for you, bro. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, let's spit it. So I spit the 16 to him, and he's like, all right. He's spitting some shit back and forth, and, and like, we just end up linking up after, like, a year of, like, trying to, like, get the shit, you know what I mean, set up. And then, like... From then on, like, we just kind of, like, kept progressing. Like, I can't tell you how many hours in the fucking studio I have with this guy. Right? I, I give it, I, I just want to say this right quick, though, Matt. <clears throat> when I first went, when I first met Flubs, he was the, you know, I, I was, I was kind of, I was a little nervous because I didn't think what would happen with him. You know, he's a little white boy run up on you, say he got 16, you know, but at the same time, like, I gave him, I didn't even give him a chance. He earned a chance by even just coming up to me and having the balls to say that. <clears throat> and he spit, and, and it was crazy, the 16 he spit. But the whole point is, what I'm trying to say is, he had that ambition to, like, to do better. <clears throat> so when I, when he came to me and he, and I seen he had that drive and that, 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 that will to be like, yo, man, you going to hear this. Like, you would, you going to hear this. And that shit, like, was like, okay, he he's serious. He going to make sure. And from then on to now, just seeing him grow as not even as an artist, but as a person, as a as a man, like I'm proud of him, like because he he took his game to another level. He um you know his flow and and the way he the way he built his his aura and his personality is totally different from nine years ago. When I met him, he was just this this young boy with his headphones and his CD man. Like ah, ah. now he got his own crib, you know he doing him. He got a job, he working like so. I, I watched him grow from like a a boy to a man, and and you know I feel like a big brother. Not only as a as an artist with him, but I feel just feel like a big brother, man. I'm just proud of this dude, man. Proud of this dude. It's my guy. Yeah, man. I mean, with a lot of things like that, like 
sometimes you got to run up to them and spit 16. Like, nothing's, <laughs> nothing's ever going to fall into your lap. Oh, for like, sure. Because I'm the, I'm the type, if I see, like, like, I don't like to say what if at the end of the day. Like, fuck, what would happen if I, you know what I mean? Fuck it, just do it. See what happens. Yeah. Life is way too short, man. Life is way too short for that. Sure. You know what I mean? So, take chances. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna fall into your lap. Spit your verse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you got it, spit it. Run up on them. Don't get on. You shouldn't give a damn if they famous or not. If you really want them to hear that, run up on them and give them that work. Like, listen, you gonna get this work, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me, yeah. give me a minute. <laughs> That's, that J. Cole got his deal. That's how J Cole got it too. Exactly. He ran up on him. Was like, yo, listen, you gonna hear this? Spit his shit and, and look at him now. He was, he wasn't scared. He was he was he was scheming on him, yeah. Until they till he got noticed. So. Wayne would little Wayne would blow up Birdman's uh and cash one of his inbox on app and the voicemail. Right, right. Until they find him and it's like, Oh, okay, let's get put him in the studio. It's crazy. And now it's little Wayne, you know? Yeah, man, you gotta take sometimes you gotta take a lot of rejection until someone says yes, but every rejection is just a step closer, yeah. Right. Like it's it's like anything like with that. Right. Right, exactly. So you got anything else you want to impart on the listeners of Craigcast, man? Um, I just want to, I just want to give a shout out to everybody that fucks with underrated music. Yes, sir. We the gang. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that fuck with Madhouse. Um, big shout out to you. <laughs> for having me here. I'm glad we met, man. We had breakfast. We talked and... You seem like the good guy, and I was telling my wife, man, you, you's a great guy, you know, like, for giving me an opportunity to do this and speak about my brand and what I'm trying to do, so. Yeah, man. For real. How do we get in touch with you for business purposes? Like, what? I'm a young, I'm a young 14-year-old at Wilmington. I'm not at the gas station. What right. do we? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you want to run down like Flubs did. You want to run down on me, or you can't run down on me. You want to get in contact. My um my Facebook is Haywood Washington, but I really don't I really don't do business on that. But if you do want to hit me on that Facebook, Haywood Washington, H A Y W A R D Washington. Um, my Instagram is Wild Woods Nine Five Woods with a Z. Um, I have a Tune account, which is Tune dot co dot I mean Tune dot co slash Wild Woods with a Z slash artists. You're going to hear a whole bunch of stuff we had on there. Um, Madhouse Cyphers on Facebook. You can write one word, Madhouse. If any producers, any um artists want to get down on the cypher, any, especially producers, I need more producers now. I'm trying to work with anybody I can, with producers, artists. You want to hit me up, hit me in the DM or message me on Madhouse Cyphers on Facebook. And um, I'll get back to you as soon as I can, but... Whoever wants to get down with the wave, let me know. I'm open to everybody. I don't discriminate. You know, we all can work together. I'm just trying to open up my market and see what I got out there, you know? All right, cameraman, give us some parting wisdom. I fuck with you, cameraman. <laughs> some wisdom. Um, just stay focused. Like I said, it's always a positive and a negative. Like, no matter what you go through, it's always a lesson. Me, I felt like every negative was against me, but I learned to embrace it and study from it, and now I'm I'm just doing big things. So just stay focused. 
nothing's forever, you know, not not even pain, nothing's forever. So, but you can follow me at Reldemodel, R-E-L-L-T-H-E-M-O-D-E-L. That's Instagram and Twitter, and I'll follow you back. Okay. Letting us know. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on episode 19 of Craigcast, everybody. We'll see you next week. 